Algar Productions. Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love Static Shock Podcast with your hosts, Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 130, Army of Darkness and No Man's Island. Hi, pals. Back again. I'm Al. I'm Maggie. And uh, two uh, adequate middle-of-the-pack unremarkable episodes of Static, would you say? Two episodes. Yeah. Two real, uh, just uh, the real chunks of uh, late uh, or early 2000s uh, superhero cartoon show. I mean, they were both very average. They were Mm -hmm. both the dragon fruit of this show. Yep. Two King of Town's very own quite popular (laughs) cartoon shows. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like, ugh, Richie heavy episode. Like, Mm -hmm. you know. I will say the the third act of both of these was Richie furiously typing at a computer to reverse something. Well, I mean, again, early 2000s, this is how you solve things. Uh, That's been going on since at least the 60s. Yeah. Because that was how a bunch of Star Treks ended. But, you know. I'm hackering as hard as I can. Uh Uh-huh. I am amazed that at no point so far in this series, Richie hasn't been sitting at a computer going, I'm in. (laughs) I've broken through the grid. Uh The grid, Al. Oh. Uh, we do get some very black trench coats and sunglasses that uh, I'll get into. Boy, we sure do. <laughs> but first, let's talk about Army of Darkness. No, not that Army of Darkness. The other one. Yeah, I know. Here we go. First up, as is the custom in these later episodes, it's time for a quick round of everyone's favorite early 2000s game show, Cold Open or No Cold Open? Uh, the answer this time was, yes, Cold Open. That show also, by the way, uh, known as Guess the Suitcase, and it was Flonk's favorite show in, in this era. <laughs> That show eventually evolved into how long is the cold open on this episode of Arrow? <laughs> Here, as Static attempts to foil a robbery of some kind, we meet Metabreed 2.0. Actually, who are we kidding? This team changes lineup so often, it's more like Metabreed 10.6.8, codename Metabreed Snow Leopard. <laughs> the team now consists of ex- some extremely 90s X-Men cartoon by way of the 90s Pokemon cartoon-looking motherfuckers, which undoubtedly makes Maggie pleased as punch upon punch. There's Nightingale, a smallish young woman with the power to spin clouds of pure darkness. I definitely don't have a guy like that on my team, Ebon presumably said upon recruiting her, apparently forgetting that he, Ebon, is in fact such a guy. (laughs) Then there's Brick House, a decidedly not smallish young woman who's mighty mighty and letting it all hang out. And then, because apparently it's some kind of mandatory requirement, there's a guy who talks like a generic dutiful cartoon bro. I have no idea what his name is or what his powers are, and I refuse to learn. Oh, and also there's a mouth-breathing, nasally nerd type back at HQ who calls himself Tech. He handles the tech. Clearly inspired by the (laughs) backpack named Backpack. (laughs) Tech is helping Ebon build a device that harnesses dark matter, which is... Well, look, I don't know much about science, but one thing I do know is that scientists made up dark matter to fill in a bunch of missing variables, so it's not so much an actual concept as it is a mathematical placeholder. It's only there because something had to go there. Kind of like Richie. I guess it's good Ebon isn't building a machine to harness Richie. So it turns out that... <laughs> so it turns out these new kids are some kind of special subset of bang babies who hate sunlight, like vampires or Zartan. They call themselves Clive Barker's Nightbreed, which would probably be a much funnier reference if I knew anything about that beyond the title. Nightingale decides this is all very stupid, so she switches sides and helps Static and the other ones stop Ebon, and then they do. If you're wondering if this all felt like a backdoor pilot for a show I have absolutely no interest in watching, you're 
actually pretty insightful. <laughs> so someone on the static uh, ca- or, uh, writing staff loves putting breed in stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't have a point to that. No. But it first is a of all, weird the- word to hear often. It was we- it was weird enough when it showed up the first like in the the pilot or whatever yeah the, the meta whatever and yeah and Ebon and Talon are like we're the meta breed I'm like Ooh, weird ch- weird weird choice but I you know what I'm new to the show so like I'm gonna let you guys go also I hate Shiv so much I'm just gonna ignore that name yeah exactly <laughs> I try not to think about Shiv I know I'm sorry except in the darkest <laughs> my darkest nightmares go oh, I'm I'm so sorry to bring that up. But, like, we're into season four now, and, like, a very nice young woman stood up in front of God and everyone and went, we're the night breed. Uh-huh. It I'm really, like, it really, really felt like a backdoor pilot to me. Like, yeah. Like, at the end, where Static and Gear are like, uh, hey, Gear. We, we could help fix your aversion to sunlight. And they're like, no, we only help ourselves. And then... Uh, uh, Nightingale says uh, some terrible thing like mm-hmm. uh, there's always darkness out there but you've got a friend in the darkness or something mm-hmm. it's like, are, are we going to see these people again and if so why mm-hmm. I forgot to look up if we ever see them again but no I'm going to assume we never see them again I mean there's not that many episodes left no we're, run- we're running real low on the old static tank yeah and uh, again it felt like they you know I uh, I would never have guessed from all the various side characters that appear in all these various series that Zeta would be the one to get a spinoff because mm-hmm. this really felt more like you know the one. And I'm glad oh yeah, it, I'm glad it didn't because they're boring as hell. But you know, I like on the hierarchy, and it hurts me to say this, but um, <clears throat> Robot is more toyetic than uh, almost vampires. Okay, but I I, I understand toyetic. First of all, I hate that word. I know that's I what do the, too. I but know like, that's what they say. Yep, you're not wrong, but I still don't love it. I but, yeah. Uh, go ahead. Oh no, it's just like you know, we're talking about like superhero cartoons for for presumably children. Yeah, like but this, they, what I was this is say, the number one thing. Go but ahead. They, but they didn't then. Like mm-hmm. there weren't toys from the show, as far as I can tell. Yeah, I I've looked and just like yeah. I can't find anything. But no. like that feels like a weird one-off. Like. <clears throat> I again, I hate to say this, but I don't understand why you're making a cartoon if you can't make action figures about it. Well, yeah, particularly this one that is so geared toward children, mm-hmm. like more so than many of the others we've covered so far. Yeah, um, but I mean, I I really thought this would be a home run for you as far as um, the concept goes. That's a sports reference. I mean, you would think so, right? But like, I mean, this is my bad thing. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the part where Clippy the Paperclip goes, it looks like you're trying to do a Morlocks from X-Men slash vampire thing and failing miserably at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, the Nightbreed, which, again, terrible name. Yep. Terrible name. Yep. That just makes Ebon be like, well, this is the Daybreed, which is the worst name. And so that's that's Talon and Shiv and, mm-hmm. I don't know, Carmandillo? Yep. Maybe Chompus. We- we, we breed during the day, and these guys breed at night. Oh. Are, again, are you sure you want to go with that? Yes. You made it worse. We are the night day breed and the day breed, and this is the night day breed. I Oh, and this is the, what is the, what do they call the, the shift that's like the, the mid shift, like the one mm-hmm. that, you know, like, so you have, you have overlap. Yeah. Like the, 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 we're, the, we're the twilight breed. There you go, of course. And here's the golden hour breed. Mm-hmm. Blanche, Dorothy, <laughs> Rose, and Sophia. I'm Shiv. Mm-hmm. Shut up. No, you're not. 
<laughs> Just doing Dorothy is uh, Mike from Breaking Bad. <laughs> Sophia, here's what, what you're going to do. <laughs> Blanche, what are you doing? You are not going to not go out with that man. <laughs> you are going to eat this cheesecake. I know so little about Golden Girls. Yeah, I, I watched it a bunch with my grandma, but it was years and years ago. I did too, but like, yeah, I'm yeah. old now. Mm-hmm. Well, it's about to come around again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, uh, it was uh, one of the writers on the staff was Mitch Hurwitz, who went on to do Arrested Development, and you can tell because some of the dialogue is super snappy. Yeah. Um, anyway, we're anyway. Doing, let's see. We're doing bad things. My bad oh. thing is uh, Tech. His nerd voice extra terrible. Wow. Mm-hmm. He, <laughs> he uh, the sort of thing. Dude, come on. I'm also part of the uh, part of the night breed. I'm a night breed. Uh-huh. I I am the one that night breeds. Oops, excuse me. I have a nosebleed. <laughs> the thing I like about Tech is that apparently he found out that the name Gear was taken. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Mm. I, I will call- have a cool name like Gear. Oh well. I will call myself Gear. Oh, I got bad news, buddy. Oh no. Mm-hmm. Well, can I name my backpack? No, you can't do that either. Sorry. Yeah. You're going to have to call it Fanny Pack. Oh, no. <laughs> well, this is a terrible day for me. Tech. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Mr. Simpson, we all, we all threw up in the back of your car. <laughs> oh, no, they're nerds. <laughs> oh, they're clearly nerds. <laughs> Every time I hear the Marge voice now, I think of that TikTok that was going around where it's someone doing a perfect Marge voice doing a scene from The Godfather. My boy. <laughs> I can't believe what they did to my boy. Marge is bar none the hardest one to do. Yeah, I can't do it. But, you know. Yeah. Uh, what was your good thing about this uh, episode? I love uh, Brick House and Nightingale. I think they're great designs if you're into the whole black uh, trench coat and sunglasses thing. And I am. Okay. Uh. I- Nightingale's a real bejump-suited girl, which is a look I adore. Sure. And Brickhouse, big chick in a trench coat that turns into rock. That rules. Yeah. I um, I got a real, like I said in my summary, a, a bit of a Pokemon vibe from mm. Nightingale. She had sort of the anime eyes. Oh, yeah. And, and just certain ways they, they sort of animated her face. Like, she mm-hmm. looked like... Oh, boy, I know that show from memes. I did not watch it. Team Rocket, were those the bad guys? Yep. She looks... My favorite characters in that show. Of course. The bad mm-hmm. guys were the best characters in every cartoon. Yep. Um, except this show. Most of the villains on this show are not very good. No, not very. Uh, Everything but... Virgil just kind of outshines everybody. Yeah. But also most of the villains I do not care about. Yeah, exactly. Um... I was going to say, like, I like Ebon a lot, but, like... His plan for the last few episodes has just been, I got a new crew of guys. Ebon has been a real study in diminishing returns because when yeah. he first showed up, it was like, oh, this guy's scary as fuck, and his mm-hmm. powers are really cool, and his, his voice is great, and now his plan is to unleash Dark Matter to become mayor of Dakota. <laughs> and he's doing a lot of, seize him, you fools. Yep. Like, a lot of real standard-ass cartoon villain bullshit that, that does not... Like, before... They played up the fact that this was a this was a dude in a gang. This was mm-hmm. like this was a performer of color playing a character of color as a character of color. You know what I mean? Yep. Like really leaning into that and doing it right, and it was cool. And now he just sounds like every generic fucking like uh, villain that there is, and I hate it. Well, and like the thing is, like 
he started off like so cool looking with like these undefinable power. Like he'd just come at you from everywhere. Like and he'd was, just be like the floor or whatever. And this was back when the animation sucked. Yeah. Like the animation's significantly better now. So it's weird that he's less good. Mm -hmm. But now he's like rubber band limbing, limbing people into holes. Yeah. Also, uh, like I said, Nightingale's got the same powers. Mm -hmm. So what's the point? Yeah, exactly. Ugh. She makes dark. Cool. Okay, we got a guy like that, but all right. Mm -hmm. uh, my good thing. Yeah. Uh, this would have been my quote. Actually, it probably wouldn't have been my quote because it's, it's kind of visual. Mm -hmm. But there's a bit where one of the Nightbreed, I think it was Nightingale, says, uh, Static won't rest until he's caught us. And then they smash cut <laughs> to Virgil, who's having a little nap. It's a good joke. <laughs> I, I am always a sucker for like making a big, bold, dramatic statement and then smash cutting to the exact opposite of what someone mm -hmm. just said. It's, yep. It's, uh, my, one of my favorite kinds of joke. Yeah, they, it, it always lands real, real well, you yeah. know? Yep. Made me laugh. Uh, also made me laugh, my quote, mm -hmm. which, d this is nothing. Yep. This is, once again, <laughs> this is Phil Lamar making me laugh because he sells a line that's nothing, which yep. is, he loses the fight and says this sarcastically. That was great. <laughs> That's it. That was great. Like, yep. There's not, but it really provoked uh, like a, an involuntary chuckle out of me, which. Yep. That's usually a, a quote uh, candidate then. Mm hmm. Uh, what else? Let's see here. Uh, anything? I, I've got it. Hang on. We've got Ebon activating oh. his device like so much Wily e. Coyote pushing oh. down the plunger of a of a dynamite thing. That was amazing. Uh-huh. Oh, those <laughs> round bombs. <laughs> now that I've now that I've painted that that tunnel onto the wall, mm -hmm. static is doomed. <laughs> I've been, I've been studying uh, tunnel painting for quite some time. I think I got it right. Ebon, you could make an actual hole on a wall. Mm -hmm. You can literally make an actual and have a train come out of it if you wanted. You remember when you sent Static to the center of the Earth, which basically was like sending him to hell? Yeah. That was so cool. And now you're doing this, man. Now I'm going to send him to the center of the power plant. Uh, well, they did fight in a nuclear power plant, which, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. That's You guys can't do that in here. <laughs> what are you, the safety officer? Yes. <laughs> no, but I will... Oh, wait. <laughs> uh, Brickhouse at one point does the throw a cop car at static trick, which mm -hmm. uh, I, I did that a lot in the old Hulk game uh, uh, from 2003, but it's cooler when you can break it in half and use each half like a fist. That game ruled. Yeah, I pulled out my uh, pulled out my Wii with the uh, GameCube emulator. Mm -hmm. Like, I went several platforms back Oh yeah, to play that again very recently, because I fucking love that game. That game is so much fun! It's just open-world Hulk and smashing shit mm -hmm. up. There's a story, but you don't. You can ignore that if you want. I mean, like, every time I thought I was paying attention to the story, then I would just rampage around for, like, five hours and then completely I'd, lose the plot. Yeah, then I'd swing a bus around and fling it into the sea or whatever. <laughs> I found a thing in that when I'd gotten in far enough where you can play as Greyhulk, oh. uh, who is... Fully, fully dressed up like a mobster, and also drops mobster lines like "nasty." Oh God, that's it's not, amazing. It's not a mobster line. <laughs> it's a fucking um, Edward G. Robinson line. But <laughs> I didn't. I never imagined Joe Fixit saying "nasty." <laughs> mm -hmm. Uh, what else? 
Uh, let's see here. Uh, I enjoy uh, someone going, yes, Tech is definitely the smartest person in all of Dakota. Mm-hmm. He's got special bang baby powers that make him even smarter. Yep. Just Unlike the smartest anyone. guy. Mm-hmm. Also, we're talking about like a thing that gave like turn that girl into a bird and that guy's elastic and like uh, don't forget Chompus. That ch- Chompus in his- <clears throat> is here. That mm-hmm. guy's part dog. Yep. And here's his friend who's part armadillo. And mm-hmm. also uh, two guys that are smart. Mm-hmm. Two guys who were already presumably somewhat smart. I mean, if that if if Tech's big deal like before he got bang babied was just I talk like this, that's rough. But Richie was already like I'm. I'm trying to give Richie some credit here. Mm-hmm. He was already static smart friend who was making stuff for him. Well, he was doing tech stuff long before he was gear. Back when he yeah. was, I don't want to say interesting, but yeah. certainly better. I, you know, I've said this from from the beginning of this podcast. Like I always like. Someone who doesn't have powers, like uh, making it in a superhero world and, and mm. getting by and being heroic without the help of powers. I, I yeah. really enjoy that kind of story. And then, uh, yeah. Then a what if I gave myself some? Pack. What if I gave myself some jetpack pack boots and a bike helmet? Uh, well, you got to have the bike helmet. <sighs> Dork. I uh, learned in the next episode that you apparently have to have that bike helmet. I guess so. Yeah. All right. Anything else? I think that's it. Not yeah. a whole lot going on in this one. No, it's just very. Both of these were pretty generic. Mm-hmm. So that said, why don't why don't you tell, why don't you just read my summary again? No, it, it's yeah. definitely a different episode. Uh, why mm-hmm. don't you tell us about? Uh, it turns out it's No Man's An Island. I I put in our notes No Man's Island, which yeah. actually would have been a cooler title, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, no, so, I'm I? sorry. No Man is an Island. Yeah, that's it. It's another goddamn day in Dakota and Static. <laughs> And hot pants, excuse me. And Static and Hot Pants are fighting it out again. Luckily, I guess Static defeats Hotfoot and turns him over to the police. Why? These police have full body armor and combination tank helicopters and shock sticks, and they're hmm threatening Static. Yeah, I'm gonna actually be really surprised if these are not in fact the actual Dakota PD. At mm-hmm. oh, weird. This is just your average run of the mill private military out kidnapping metahumans, huh? And off they take Static and Hot Crotch to the now abandoned Iceland Nubler. Welcome to Gerstatic Park. <laughs> Is that anything? Eh, whatever, I'm tired. Static and Hot Dot wake up tethered together like so much Homer and Bart in that terrible episode where they're tethered together. You guys seen that one? Dog shit. Anyway, they escape pretty quick and start trying to get off the island. It's at that point that they discover all the other metahumans that have been captured. Talon's here. Rubber Band Man's here. Must be a Maggie episode. And, oh, good! Richie's here, and they've left his helmet on for the entire week he's been gone so that nobody will figure out his secret identity. I picture his parents hanging around their now quip-free house, getting high like Carrie Kelly's mom and dad, and going, Honey, didn't we used to have a kid? They discover that Alva's here, running the place, and kidnapping bang babies to to still cure his lawn ornament of a son. They're researching them or draining their powers or whatever. I don't know. At this point, Virgil and Hot's not escaped the shackles. Are you saying you could have done that at any time, asked Hotblot? No, said Virgil. Only when it was shocking. <laughs> and then Hotpot runs off. Static frees everyone, and they fight not cops for a while, and then Alva and Hotshots show up. Static tries to save Stone Kid by, how else do you solve problems on Static Shock? Just firing a whole lot of electricity at the little bastard. 
And then Hotplot helps out by using his fire powers. I'll help too, says Rubber Bandman, stretching the problem, but everybody ignores him. Eventually, for some reason, the kid turns back into flesh and blood. The moral of this story is to, spe- is to spend all your time with your kids while you can, because before you know it, they've been turned into a statue. That's what all those Cat Stevens songs are about. Is there more than one Cat Stevens song about that? The, surprisingly, there are at least two. Oh, God. I know. Is it like the cat's still in the cradle or something? No, it's the uh, cat's in the cradle and it's uh, father and son, which I've only found yeah. out because it's in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Ah, very well. Two? <laughs> um... <laughs> I my one of my early notes was uh, oh you don't don't put hot guy in here again I'm, I'm I'm stop showing up I'm running out of alternate names yeah here here's the problem though um this is my good thing yes uh this is the most fun that Hot Rocks has ever been in this entire series yeah that's true he shows up and I was so irritated it's like oh god we're gonna have an entire episode where he's not only here but he's chained to Virgil. Oh, God, this is going to be interminable. He's the throwaway villain. He's the one you get for a couple of quips, and then you put him in jail, and then you go to the actual plot. But no, he was here the whole time. But honestly, um, him and Virgil have great banter together. I could watch these kids bicker all day. Yeah, absolutely. And and mine sort of ties in with that. I mm-hmm. usually don't love a give a low-level villain a sympathetic backstory thing, but uh, the thing where Hot Potato doesn't like hospitals, I actually mm-hmm. kind of like. He he. This has nothing to do with his powers or anything. It's just some bad shit he went through when he was a little kid. Yeah. And I, it was a nice detail. And it also led to my absolute favorite exchange from this, mm-hmm. which is... So I, I got to backtrack and explain what happened yes. before. They're, they do a... They do a thing where, where, and we've seen this in a million team up episodes, and I don't care. It's still pretty good. Yeah. Where he's like one, two, and and uh, uh, Hot Pockets just goes three, and the, you know, okay. So the next time Virgil sort of adapted to it, he's mm-hmm. like, all right, on three, three, and you know, yep. it's kind of funny. And then, uh, uh, Hot Shirts starting to <laughs> freak out a little bit, and uh, Virgil just kind of looks at him, sort of sad and concerned, and goes three. And it's really good. It's a it's good. It's a it's good joke setup. It's also good character. Like it makes it makes uh, the dude sympathetic for a moment. And of mm-hmm. course, Virgil's worried about him because he's yep. a kid. And it's it's a good moment. Mm-hmm. So that's really my good thing. That thing I had to back up and explain for five minutes. Yep, yep. I just like I like these two together. I like Hot Spots. Like like begrudging. I better check to make sure this guy's okay. There's like a line where he's like, "How's your stupid leg?" Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's again, very standard formulaic by the numbers. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to help. He helps because he has to. Yep. Then it looks like he's not helping anymore, but then he comes back and helps again. And you know what? That's okay. That for, mm-hmm. That's one of those formulas that's a cliche because it works. That's why yeah. they keep using it. And Yeah, I'm fine with that. And again, I've pointed out a million times how they team up Virgil with all these different people, and it's a different dynamic every time. Mm-hmm. We, we haven't run that one into the ground. So, yeah. you know, it's okay. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm down for this, you know? Speaking of running things into the ground, though, my bad thing. Yes. Oh, are more shady government or possibly corporate guys doing shady business, studying people with superpowers? This premise was boring seven shady government or possibly corporate guys episodes ago. Yep. Like, I, I, Volcana. Mm-hmm. And there were a bunch of, there were a couple of Batman episodes. There was at least one Batman Beyond episode. It's yep. Just, oh, my God. Like, mm-hmm. yes, we've all seen the X-Files. Thank you. Yep. And yeah, they weren't the government. They were, a, as you say, a private corporate army like you have. Yeah, just your regular old private corporate army. A fucking Virgil looks at these just Nazi stormtroopers with gas mm-hmm. masks and says, well, obviously these are the good guys. Let me just talk to them. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Virg. Buddy. The, 
the bit where they wake up on the island and Vir- like Hotspot's like, this is like, they captured us. Mm-hmm. And Virgil's like, no, no, no. I just got to talk to this guy. Hang on. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, oh, look sweetie. Look how reasonable he looks. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it's fine. Buddy, these are literal stormtroopers. Yeah. Ugh. Just, uh, ugh. They're out trooping storms. <laughs> uh, what was your bad thing? Yeah, so at one point, the move, the the music in this episode just turns into the Imperial March. Now, sometimes you say things like that. I'm like, all right, I guess I can hear that. But that's a bit of a stretch, Maggie. I, I mm-hmm. don't know. And then I got to that part. It's like, shit, this really, how did they not get sued for this? It's just the Imperial March. It's like played a little, like the, the first thing that popped into my head was that it was from like the Super Nintendo uh, mm-hmm. uh, Super Star Wars game. Right. But like, it's still just, it's. Well, that's not, the imperial you can't do that and it's not just da, 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 da. like later they do the do, 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 yeah do, do, do. like it's the whole thing yeah and there that led me to notice which i probably would have noticed anyway but definitely mm. like called out the overtly star warsness of uh that happens during what is effectively the speeder bike chase from return of the Jedi. yeah like, i was thinking about that too there's a bit where they're carrying uh uh, statue boy through the lab and it's just like the bit where they're carrying Han frozen and carbonite through mm. cloud city. It's like, wow. Okay. I get it. And back then star Wars references weren't quite so tired, but what, why this episode? Yeah. It's, it's just, it's bizarre. You know, there's nothing inherent in this story that lends itself to a big Epic star Wars type story at all. Yeah. So who knows? Just, just weird. It was just weird. You know, yeah, it's a weird choice. Yeah. So, I don't know. The it occurred to me that the whole saga of Alva and Alva Junior mm-hmm. and all of that is like the main story of this series because yeah, we check kind in of. once or twice a season and and we get a little further advancement. Like, is mm-hmm. this that significant? I guess. I I thought it was kind of neat. Like when like Stone Boy shows back up again. Yeah. It's like, oh, right, we're still dealing with this. And, like, the episode ending with them not fixing him, I thought was incredible. Yeah, you know? I liked that. But it, but what it feels like, and I, it's not even, a, like, I'm not complaining necessarily. I just don't understand. Mm-hmm. It definitely feels like, I, I know it didn't work out like this. Like, we know we're getting four seasons. This is the main story. So we'll do one in this season, a couple in this season. We'll yeah. Just move it along. You know how the big meta plots work. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, Why? Seems it's an odd choice for what is a, you know, like pretty generic, like kids cartoon, you know, but also second or third tier villain for for uh, Virgil, I would say. Well, that's the thing. Like, it, it felt like they were setting Alva up in the first episode as like, he, this is the big bad guy. And then they lost interest in him almost immediately. But I would say the same about um, hotcakes. Yeah. Because remember, he was uh, Virgil's bully at high school mm. before the Big Bang. And then he got powers. What's what's weird is like so I read the first two issues of Static before I went back to reading exclusively X Men comics, which is what I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Hotspot and Alva are like the two guys, like the two villains that show up basically. Okay, they both I don't. They both like, feel like they've got staying power, but yeah, mm. and it just it feels like the show in general just sort of lost interest in favor of here's the meta breed again and. Here's Chompus. <laughs> well, Chompus only, like, you know, we only got one brief up here. Chompus showed up for about as long as Knee Jerk. That's true. But also, I still picture the guy who created Chompus, like, leaping out of the bathtub and just like, you guys, mm-hmm. you're never going to believe the character I've created. <laughs> Are you going to put some pants on, Randy? 
You remember in the early episodes when they'd cut, like, the episode would end and, like, they'd show the guy sketching the character? Oh, yeah. He's just like, here it is, guys. This well, is going to save the studio. Chompus. I, I was doing this drawing of a dog, and the body was a little misshapen. It looked more mm-hmm. human, so I just kind of leaned into it. I was trying to draw a picture of Rude Dog from Rude Dog and the Dweebs. You guys remember that guy? Nope. <laughs> I'm sure some of our listeners do, but I don't know that one. <laughs> Someone out there loves a good Rude Dog and the Dweebs reference. Undoubtedly. I mean, look, someone's going to get my Snow Leopard reference. So, yep. You know. Um, I will say, Alva... Uh, the guy who plays Alva is uh, definitely dialing back his terrible Jack Nicholson impression. Like, he's locked into this is the voice, but it's not quite so. Like, you don't get a clear picture in your head of a stand-up comic putting his hand mm-hmm. on his forehead to make it look like he's got a receding hairline. You know what yep. I'm talking about? And oh, yeah. Um, so I like that. And mm-hmm. uh, the mad scientist he has working for him mm-hmm. uh, had a French accent, which I thought was a <laughs> bold choice. Yep, that's a... <laughs> Someone definitely went, well, I'm going to make this guy French. Come on, he's always German. Let's make him something uh, else. I've got to do something to save this guy's kid who turned into rocks. <laughs> he's like a tanuki. <laughs> he did the thing where like, he used all of the superpowers at once, and the inevitable conclusion to that <laughs> is that you turn into like a rock guy. Uh, excuse me, I have to go talk to my brother, Matches Malone. Ah, <laughs> uh, hello, <laughs> my brother. <laughs> I brought you a baguette. Ah! Oh. It's so good to see you. Sorry, let me put my giant cigarette down before I hug you. <laughs> uh, we go spit on the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> Tourists, huh? Ah! <sighs> yep. Let's go remark on how small and insignificant the Mona Lisa is. <laughs> it's only famous because it was stolen. <laughs> and this was stolen. Look, I only know, I, I learned two very important things from mm-hmm. Phantom Limb from Fender Brothers. is that and that bread knives are serrated. <laughs> and the only reason I know that about bread knives is because Phantom Limb said it. <laughs> well, Al, otherwise, how do you cut through the bread? It's very difficult. I, I just didn't realize. If you've got like a good crusty bread, you're going to be hacking away at that thing for hours. Also, I, I got roped into the fucking scam that was Cutco and I still didn't know <laughs> that. Yeah, shake hands with Cutco. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> I do wonder if Hotcakes, uh, so he's got like Reed Richards temples, like, you know, because he's got sort of the cartoon fire hair, it's mm. red, but he's got like yellow uh, temples. I wonder yeah. if he dyes those or if that was part of his mutation. I don't remember, but I bet like if we went back and watched the, watched the first episode, it would tell us. Well, it would tell us, I, I doubt we'd see him dyeing his hair, but we would see what he'd look like before the, the Big Bang. Yeah. I'm going to dye my hair. All right, mm-hmm. have fun. He was pretty funny. Like, I don't ever care to see the character again, but, no. you know, he was pretty funny. If the last time we see him is flying away in a helicopter tank, then Godspeed to you, Hot Fought. Mm-hmm. Hot Fought? Hot Fought. Okay. Just there was a point when I was writing this thing where I was literally just like, let's see, Hot Got, Hot Bot, Hot Oh, Miot. shit, Hot Bot. That would yeah. have even been relevant to 2003. Mm-hmm. That was like the third or fourth uh, most popular search engine, probably. Mm-hmm. Hot uh, cops. Yeah. They'll, they'll clean up the town, Maggie. <laughs> That's what I hear. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I have mixed feelings about the ending of like the, the last beat of the episode mm-hmm. where the uh, uh, metahumans free themselves. And rather than escape, they're like, now we're going to help you free your son anyway, mm-hmm. just not from captivity. And it's like, okay, 
that is definitely the heroic thing to do. That is mm-hmm. that is very good of you guys to all, even even uh, Hot Jacket. It's good yep. for you to do that. But why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> why? Like, that guy tried to kill you when he was not a statue. Yeah. Why? I... <sighs> I don't want to help these people. No, bringing him back just means you now have another villain with a bunch of powers. Mm. It, and like, if if he and Alva reconcile, that means you have he has the resources of a of a big evil corporation. Yeah, now it's uh now it's uh, Norman and Harry Osborn. Yeah, exactly. And look, you know, I'm I'm something of a statue myself, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Never mind. Uh, what else? Oh, um, Rubber Band Man, uh, when, when they're all freed and they're all sort of waking up and, and mm-hmm. getting their shit together and, uh, uh, somebody asks him if he's okay and he says, I'll bounce back. Terrible. Yeah, but, you know, he's having a good time. He is. Mm-hmm. I just remember when he was kind of a, a tortured, uh, musician, not getting his royalties and, and pretty angry about that. Now he's, he's like, really leaning into the, yeah, I'm elastic now. Yeah. And you know what elastic guys are like? Wacky. Mm-hmm. Well, Plastic Man is anyway. I don't know. Yeah. What it is. And, and Ralphie Elongated Man, a bit, yeah. bit wacky. Yeah. But, uh, Reed Richards, not so much. But you know. No, he's very not wacky. Mm-hmm. This also has, uh, this has Rubber Band Man didn't like a new, pa- or like a new costume. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't have his bicycle helmet. Have we seen Rubber Band Man since the upgrade to the animation? I can't remember. I think so because he shows up pretty regular. Like yeah, I think he showed up a couple of weeks ago. I we got him a lot early on though. I want to say a mm-hmm. lot in season one and two. Did he did he show up in season three? I can't remember. I'm trying to. Rem- I think so, but I couldn't tell you for certain, and I'm certainly not going to go look. Well, I mean, I could look it up, but then I would have to cross reference. Like it's got a list of the episodes, but then I have to figure out which one is which season, and that is mm-hmm. not exciting radio. So. Yeah, no. Instead, let's just quote The Simpsons again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dental um, plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lisa needs braces. Lisa needs braces. <laughs> Shall dare? <laughs> I'm not a clumsy Clouseau-esque waiter. Mm, no, he's a clumsy Clouseau-esque uh, mad scientist. Uh, uh, and Gear is smarter than he is. Mm-hmm. I hate that. Yep. Hey, you know all that uh, all that learning you went to school for 15 years to do? Yeah. Plus the, uh, the the massive resources of this, you know, evil company. But, but mm-hmm. I'm sure they have continued your education and given you access to resources you never would have had otherwise. Yep. One well, of the greatest mad scientists money can buy because we know that that's this guy's entire deal is spending money to save his kid. He's a real Dr. Rolf and no one's going to get that. So never mind. <laughs> Flew him in from France, apparently. Uh-huh. Taking I, he, him away from the Malone uh, family. He could be. He could. I, okay, I don't get that one. The Malone, the the Malone family. Oh, Matt Malone. Of yeah, course. yeah, of course. Sorry, I thought that was an alias. I didn't think that was his actual family name. I don't know. Mm, okay, we've moved so far beyond what Matches Malone <laughs> actually is. I'm completely lost in it. Which is Bruce and a little mustache. I I like the idea that there's just a dude with a little ma- mustache that lives in France who looks exactly like Bruce Wayne. Well, yeah, Bruce can't just like. For all Batman's amazing talents, he doesn't have a lot of imagination. It's um, he's got to find a real person to to be because he can't think one up. It's like when it turned out that Rusty Shackleford was a real guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I was gonna say though, how do you know he is from France and not from say Quebec? Different accent, and I okay. and if you ask if you ask me to tell you why, I cannot. 
Okay. No, I, I believe that it's a different accent, just like uh, a Mexican and like Spanish from Spain accent. Yeah. Are different. Same language, different accent. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I'm surprised in a cartoon you could tell the difference. Is all. Mm. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, bu- 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 good question. I like the little robot guys. Yeah, yeah. I always got some little robots that fly around using CGI, and I'm like, yeah, those are pretty good robots. I mean, you know, we got that early 2000s CGI badly integrated into the animation, but I give them points for being, uh, like, ambitious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, um, the sports car hot fought, mm-hmm. hot dot steals mm-hmm. is pretty good. The tank is not. No. No, it's it's so big that he has to climb into, like, the, the cargo part to get into the cockpit and yep. it kind of kind of kills the idea that he's got something small and sporty, you know? Yeah. And then he smashes someone someone's home with it. Yeah, he's a mm-hmm. good guy now. Good. Yep. <laughs> Virgil's like, "Oh, I guess he's dead." Mhm. There was yeah. uh unless okay. he shows up again, I'm going to assume he's dead. Yeah, probably. Um there's a bit where uh they they haven't quite decided to work together yet. Mhm. And uh hot Hotfoot's like shooting his uh, fire and uh, misses. And he goes, you made me miss. And just made me think the controller was broken. (laughs) Uh There's something wrong with the controller. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just that you're a very bad Nintendo player. You're not very good at Street Fighter. You're just sorry I would not let you be Mario. (laughs) Guess have to be Luigi. Want to be Luigi? As then you watch while I beat the game, because it doesn't tread off between levels. So you have to wait till I die, and I'm very good. I play the original Ducky Ducky Panic. <laughs> That's right. It's no longer a fighting game. <laughs> uh, pl- we play lots of games here at Zemalun Hathead. <laughs> I thought we were on Island of the. Misfit Metabreed or whatever. Listen, we're a lot of places. Okay. This one's really getting away from us. Time to play some Mortal Kombat. Here's my favorite character, Reptile. <laughs> I'm going to try a Babality. <laughs> Listen, if you put the thing in just at the right time, you can find Ermac. I don't know what that is. He's the red ninja that was a prank in an issue of EGM Maggie Head when she was a child. My uncle works at Nintendo. <laughs> uh, this uh, may have become the stupidest episode of we've ever done. The stupidest episode so far. <laughs> uh, stop looking at my penis. <laughs> my dude. <laughs> uh, oh no, they put the town in a dome. <laughs> uh, what else? Anything? I do not know. Right? I have completely fried my brain. That's okay. Uh, why don't you give us your quote then? Uh, this is some great, uh, some great Virgil and hot cloth banter. Sure. The stuff, some kind of high tech, stupid something or other. Can I quote you on that, Professor? Yeah, that was very good. Mm-hmm. There were there were a lot like there there were a number of things competing. Like if I were if I were oh yeah the quote. Uh, there's there's a bit where he. Uh, tries to figure out how something works and he's said something real stupid and mm-hmm. uh, just says, can I quote you on that professor? Yep. Again, not a great line on paper, but just, you know, really so. You want to write that one down? Mm-hmm. All right. 
anything else? I think that's everything. Well, all right then. Went a little short this time, but that happens. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next time we are doing hmm, Hoop Squad. Huh. No idea. I'm gonna. Hope guess that that's... means Shaq comes back. Ooh. That. But they wouldn't they just call it Shaq back? Oh God, that would be better. You know, like she back. But yeah. Uh, and the other one is uh, called Now You See Him, dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. So I, I assume that's like a, a Some Willow invisible. Turn Invisible episode, but yeah, for yep. static, maybe. I, don't, I, don't I think that episode was called Now You See Them, actually. Yeah, probably. Uh, and uh, I think Vishal will be joining us. Uh, turns out he's uh, this is a real busy time of year for him. Sure. We try, we try to get him this week. Hopefully uh, he will be able to join us next week. So yeah. uh, looking forward to that. If nothing else, though, uh, when we finish the series, uh, he's he's got some great uh, art. Uh, cooking for us for the uh, for the supplemental show, which will be great. Oh, I can't wait to see it. Which, by the way, if you want to write to us, because that is when we sort of sum up our thoughts on mm-hmm. the series and answer your mail, uh, you can write to us at kidslovebatmanpodcast at gmail. We would love to answer whatever you have to ask us about about this show, about uh, dumb French accents or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, the website is kidslovebatman.com. And also, uh, uh, Vichelle's art uh, is there, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like You can, you can see- look at it. Yeah, there's like a little gallery of like all the all the cool stuff he's done for us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, all our old uh, uh, pa. Uh, oh yeah, the post Tomacora stuff is uh, on Algar.com. If you follow mm-hmm. that, then then that will be there as well. Uh, if you want to donate to our Patreon, it is Patreon.com/slash/Algar, and you can hear us reviewing the Brave and the Bold, which mm-hmm. we're having a great time doing. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I am on Twitter at Algar. I'm at, at Maggie Robots, and that's all for this time. Yeah. See you, fix. Twala, bang babies. For more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com slash Algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar-Watt. Copyright 2022, Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.